Well, good morning. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of the Ag Market Network Monthly Cotton tele, uh, Teleconference. I'm Pat McClatchy. It's June 13th. Uh, we want to recognize and thank our sponsor, FiberMax and Stoneville Seed, for bringing this program to you. We very much appreciate everything they do for us. Uh, our speakers today will be led today by Dr. O.A. Cleveland, and he'll be joined by our cotton panel of uh, Dr. John Robinson, Jill Nieper, and Kip Butts. Let's go ahead and get started. O.A., thanks for leading us today. Well, great. Thank you so very much. Happy to be here. Uh, you know, we always have a lot of excitement, a lot of thoughts about the, the crop report, world supply demand report, and it comes out, and it's, uh, uh, it's, it's not what you think, uh, but we always go with it as we should. It, it, it's the ultimate uh, even though we take pot shots at USDA's numbers, that's what we're supposed to do, I suppose. But uh, once again, to me, we got a, a solid report that uh, still leaves off some important things. But by and large, the, uh, uh, the production side of the market can certainly easily go unchanged. They, some adjustments were made. Uh, in, in China, but by and large, you know, no other place. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Just see how things flow out as we as we get there. But I would begin with a major change. Of course, USDA increased exports for the, this current season, another half a million bales, bringing the export market up to 16 million bales. That's something that we've been pounding on for months and months, and they finally come up to that level. We still think they're probably as much as five to 600,000 bales too low, but to see them finally get to 16 million bales is a, is a very strong relief. Uh, coupled, of course, with that just coming right off the top as far as carryover goes, and it brings carryover down to around 4.2 million bales. We still very much of the opinion that by the time Things are said and done. We'll see U.S. carry over this season below four million. It'll be three, three six, three seven, uh, maybe three eight, three point eight million bales. But uh, we'll continue to see cotton flow out just as we have, uh, and that uh, that will take this uh, this carry over down more. It will also suggest a, a higher demand than is out there than what USDA is currently seeing, but. Uh, the the 2018-19 world production. Uh, not only did I mention China, but uh, Pakistan's a bit lower as well as Australia. Uh, uh, the there appears to be a little bit better production scenario for Brazil than uh, than had been big, than had been picked up. USDA did do that. And I would just say I thought that crop was going to be just marginally better, but apparently from visiting around yesterday after the report came out, the Brazilian crop is going to be somewhat better than, than expected, which speaks good, uh, speaks well for the market situation because it, uh, that will be, should be some high-quality cotton that can go into markets that, uh, that we've had, had a difficult time filling. But... Uh, Brazil is for the old crop is essentially sold out, so they will need uh, they the entire market will need some extra uh, high high quality cotton around the globe this year. Uh, they did take the 2019 situation down to took uh, production down about 800,000 bales, 
uh, and just tinkered with consumption somewhat. I was a little bit surprised to see them take consumption down just in round numbers of 100,000 bales. And, and that was a surprise. I still think that will come back to us. Uh, all in all, I thought the report was extremely neutral. The market reacted to it, in my opinion, in a very neutral way, just marginally positive. And I, I just think we've still got to wait longer to see if what kind of international changes we're going to get. I think it's, it's just... Uh, uh, blowing in the wind if we think USDA is going to make any changes in its methodology with respect, to, with, inspect, with respect to India. They're just going to carry those excess stocks no matter what. The The idea that, uh, that uh, of them taking their stocks down, uh, even though India says they're not there, ICAC says they're not there, uh, other analysts Merchants tend to suggest they're not there either, but for some reason, USDA's methodology just wants them there. They increased the exports a half million bales on the basis of saying that uh, the exports are going out at a higher than normal uh, rate for this time of season, but the rate that they're going out uh, is actually not higher than normal. It may be higher than normal than, than USDA's model indicates, but that we began to suggesting for the past two years that their model uh, had been way off with respect to exports and should probably be updated to pick up these export numbers that go out at the, at the end of the year because their exports are much higher than they were five, ten years ago uh, at this time of year. So, you know, I still I, I came away from the, the report thinking that it was somewhat uh, optimistic, somewhat bullish, uh, more to the neutral side, but certainly supporting the uh, the bullish view. And I would say that cotton is uh, is is a bit cheap. I want to be careful not to suggest that cotton get to a dollar or a dollar and ten cents or whatever. We are uh, you know, we do stand to lose market share as we are actually regaining it with prices at these levels. So I will leave it at that and let uh, let the other guys give you the correct comments all right uh anybody got any thoughts about the report yesterday this is kip well, it was as precisely neutral as one can get with the uh in terms of ending stocks being cut out of the united states and finding their way into other you know foreign countries it balanced it just it was entirely flat I don't think that there's really any lack of cotton out there, and, and I, uh, when when always when you say it's too cheap, I, I find that uh, somewhat uh, interesting because <clears throat> mills they want cheap cotton, they're not buying cotton right now. If it's too cheap, they want cheap cotton, but they're not buying. So um, <laughs> I, when you say it's too cheap, you know maybe to to the producers too cheap. But to the mill, at least for right now, it's 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 not too cheap. Well, I would agree with you 100%. Some of that was tongue-in-cheek. It's not uh, uh, mills. Uh, the trading that we're seeing going on is not related to the purchasing, uh, selling of cotton. Nobody wants it at this price. Uh, the, the mills aren't going to touch it, as we see from the export sales reports. Uh, just the, uh, the tongue-in-cheek comment that... Uh, uh, to the grower, it's too cheap. 
it's uh, as as a consequence they're not hedging to the extent that, in my opinion, they should be. They think they're still of the attitude that we needed a nickel higher. And as far as higher or lower, the odds are it's a nickel lower as opposed to a nickel higher. You know, Good point, Gerald. I'm going to play devil's advocate just for a minute, and I'm I'm hoping that Gerald can sort me out on this because I know you're right in the middle of of selling cotton or trying to sell cotton in the world markets. I see new crop out here. I think in our last report we sold something over 100,000 bales of upland cotton, Um, and I I presume some or, or maybe much of that was sold on call, but it seems the demand for cotton is still there, recognizing the prices are a little high in relative terms high, but we're still putting sales on the books here. Um, when you say that, you know, they're not buying at this level, I just, I see new crops, there's still interest out there. What am I missing on this, Gerald? <clears throat> well, if you can offer it to them at a basis that mm-hmm. makes sense to them, yeah, they'll buy it on call. Right. Um, the only thing that they're interested in right now is 31,337 and, and better and longer. So if you got that in your inventory or think you're going to have that in, in your inventory for new crop, yeah, you'll go ahead and sell it. Um, but uh, uh, I think I think you get to a point to where, uh, yeah, okay, it's raining today in West Texas, but is it going to rain any more in West Texas? You know, what what sort of volume are, of, of these high-quality stocks are we going to have? I mean, you get to a point to where you just don't want to commit yourself anymore. So I think that's partly why we saw the, the, the sales starting to slow down because um, uh, it, it seems like all anybody wants is, you know, 31, 3, 37, better and longer. <clears throat> and uh, you, re- you reach a point to where you're just going to wait till you get some, you know, fulfill your, your commitments and see what, what's left in your inventory. Got you. Okay. I'm having a little bit of difficulty trying to sort out how much of this high price is demand-oriented, which has been the case for quite some time, and how much of it now is, uh, is the concern over the West Texas, primarily the West Texas crop. Uh, and so that, that's getting to be sort of a, um, a quandary for me is trying to sort out how much of, of the price action is, uh, is attributed to each one of those factors. Anybody give me some help on that? You know, I think this last run-up that we had this last week, you know, all these people were in China. All these guys sat around and talked themselves into a bullish frenzy. They went to the bar at night, um, you know, got even more frothed up with uh, uh, with drinks, and the market went crazy. What was it, on Wednesday of last week? Um, and, then, and then the very next day, Thursday, you know, um, it was like, well, everybody's worried about Tuesday, you know, about the supply demand report. It's like, really, the attitude changed that much in 24 hours where, you know, one day everything is blindingly bullish, and the next day it's like, well, you know. So I think this is more speculative-driven pricing at the moment rather than pure fundamentals. I was a very. Well, I would agree also. with you totally. I think, yeah, you know, I, I, I think yeah. we are speculators. And two weeks ago, two weeks ago, when right after Memorial Day, when China was up two days, and then we wake up and and we're the limit up the first day we're trading, which I guess was the Tuesday after Memorial Day. That to me 
just seemed like an expansion of speculative buying, perhaps in China and our our side too. And and, and that's uh, that's you know I'm not going to try <laughs> at this point. I've been wrong so badly. Why why get into uh, forecasting where the price is going to go? But but the issue is with that much speculative underpinning, then then there's a downside risk here wherever we are. If we're, we're in the low 90s now, you know, there can be 10 cents to come out of this if something spooks those guys, whatever that is, whether it's rain or whether it's a black swan financial event, you know, who knows. But there's always that uncertainty that about the, um, the uh, comings and goings of, of speculative demand. So I, I would just leave that with the listeners. There's been a lot of talk about weather in West Texas lately, I mean a lot, and I guess the question I've got for the group is how much, even with this rain event that we might get uh, today or in the next week, how much is it really going to help the dry land out there at this stage? Uh, well, I'll just I'll just say this. I don't have a degree in agronomy, but for dryland fields that haven't sprouted because they've been sitting in dry dust, what's happening this morning may sprout some of it. Um, now, you know, it's going to need a rain uh, in a week or two, and it's going to have to be carried along. But uh, uh, a lot of the dryland is being written off almost totally. And there'll still be some, but you know, and I, and I don't have any reason to doubt that. But it's you know, it's just uh, the answer to your question, Pat, is we don't know, and we won't know till August or September. But a whole bunch of it's going to get written off for sure. Well, as we speak, I, I have questions coming in from farmers in West Texas, and here's one. It just came in. It says seed out there is mostly ruined. Rain won't matter. Lots of irrigated acres ruined as well. So I, I mean, from from the source, that's that's just and that's a lot of feedback I hear. Is that rain will help irrigated for sure, but the dry land is kind of not going to be able to do a lot for that at this late stage. Uh, any other comments about the market? Well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll just make one more. Um, it's I can appreciate what it does to to somebody who's looking out their back door and having this kind of a year and looking at things, but it is not that uncommon. We've had forty percent abandonment two or three times in addition to the sixty percent abandonment we had in eleven and people are comparing this to eleven. But even then, we're gonna make bales elsewhere. We're gonna make bales in those districts in West Texas and we're gonna make bales, perhaps a lot of bales elsewhere. It it's never as bad as one can imagine. So I don't think you know, sure we'll have a smaller supply, but they'll they'll still be a there'll still be a supply of cotton coming out of the United States. So one thing I'd, I'm the, the tendency is to paint it worse than than then it may turn out to be. Right. I, I, I want to reiterate that. that just a little bit because I, I we did some work about three weeks ago on this. and The drought conditions now aren't nearly as bad as they were. Not, not to say they're good because it's bad there. But they aren't as bad as they were in 2011, 12, I think that two or three years in there. And it, it's early in the year. If the 
cotton gets in the ground, the seed gets in the ground, and we can get these sort of timely rains that get us just limping along, to, uh, to John's point, somehow or another, we seem to make some cotton out there when we didn't expect it. Uh, I'm not forecasting a big crop out there. That's not my point. I'm just saying it's way early in the year, and a lot of good things can happen as well as bad along the way. I, I don't want to give on, on that crop yet. It's just too early. But uh, like everyone else, it's, it's off to real struggle right now. We just got to give it a little more time. Uh, we've seen periods this time of the year where we get, uh, we had a, a quick discussion just before this uh, call started, and we've had rains out there with hail in it. That is not uncommon this time of year. We have that almost every year. So it's kind of hard to gauge at this time of the year the magnitude of damage, particularly if you get reasonable rains uh, from here forward, whether it happens in two weeks, three weeks, or you know, five weeks from now. So, um, I think anyone is right in being uh, kind of bullish on this market, underpinned with the potential for a, a huge problem out there. But we can't just throw in the towel and say it's over either. That, for what that's worth. Well, well the market always kills the crop uh, two or three times during growth. At the growing season, particularly at the pre-emergence time period, as we're seeing now, I don't think we're seeing anything other than that. And as you're saying, there's there's always time. In other words, tomorrow is much more important than today. So we get the rain tomorrow. If we get the rain next week, I think the one thing that to me is sticking out is that we're going to have to continue to have some moisture off and on for another six weeks at least because of the the uh, the, the, the potential lack of ability for, for, for uh, roots to get down to some real moisture. And with the mid-level moisture seems to be a little bit drier based on what I'm being told than it historically is. So it's going to be a lot of pressure uh, to, to have some very timely rains, which are not... Uh, are, are, are not in the bailiwick of the normal situation out there. Well, OA, given demand that we're seeing and the possibility of uh, things staying the way they are in West Texas, just how high can we go with, with, the, with this crop, with this new crop? Well, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say that word, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm going to answer it fast this way. I, I would uh, I, I would certainly like to see every grower be at least 75% priced at this point. Uh, at this point, today's point, based on, on their expected production, uh, which would be maximum priced uh, since it's such a high volume and we don't know about abandonment, but 75% of your expected production uh, save that last 25% to uh, to sell as we get to 97 cents, as we get to 98 cents, as we get to 99 cents. You can save some, but um, uh, I, I get very concerned about uh, about cutting off our demand uh, at, at this level. As Gerald said, uh, the, uh, the, the, there's not any cotton trading to speak of. Uh, so certainly not any 31, 337s to speak of out there in the world. Uh, and the market is, the, the mills are clamoring for that and would buy that. But 
it, it's not there. Uh, so we've got to get this uh, this this FOB price down extremely low uh, for the low grades to sell. The low grades aren't even selling very well right now because the overall market tendency is so high. Uh, I'm, I'm about to admit to being a bit scared at this with this market at, at 93, 95, 94 cents. Uh, I don't think we the the long term damage done to the demand the, the demand side. If we were to go to a dollar, I think it would would uh, would would create major long term damage to the cotton's demand. Well, you can't disappoint uh, whoever bought uh, twelve of the March dollar fifty calls today. <laughs> 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 I enjoyed talking with you, Gerald, about the potential for that yesterday. <laughs> uh, Pat, I'm going to need to get off the line to take care of some family business, but I'm I'm just going to again sort of reiterate that um, um, you know, not knowing where we're going to be tomorrow or or middle of next week, we only know what the market's offering us today. So I agree with OA that a large portion of one's expected production ought to be priced or hedged, and the market is given that opportunity uh, that people could avail themselves of. So I, I would encourage them to do so. All right. Well, uh, OA, let me uh, yeah, this is Go, Let me well, jump in here for just a second. I heard uh, O.A. make a statement a while ago. I, I'm kind of picking it up on my radar. Is picked up on that. He said that even the low grades weren't uh, weren't selling because of the higher prices now. I well, they're not selling as well. They're not as selling well. as well. Okay. Well, they're they're <clears throat> slipping off a bit. That to me could be an indication going back, kind of playing into what Gerald had said earlier. Maybe the demand, the extremely strong demand we've seen recently. <clears throat> Has in fact slowed down just a little bit because of the higher prices. Because typically, if you're still in a real strong rip roaring demand market, even with higher prices, if the mills need the cotton, they just seek out that low grade and figure out a way to use that. And if they're not picking up on that now, we may be seeing an actual change in the demand structure that. The thing that that Oway was cautioning on, we may be closer to that than we realize, if in fact that scenario is playing out the way it often does when the low grades won't sell either. So maybe what? one of you guys want to. Uh, you know, well, you know, you get to a certain you get to a certain point, and and you know, assuming that uh, you're hundred percent hedged because you're at ninety five cents or whatever, you know, uh, then everything becomes a basis game. And yeah, you can sell it if you want to cut your basis by, you know, an inordinate amount to to move it. And um, but you know, you, you bought it at at X, and you're going to sell it at, at X minus just to get rid of it. Now you might do it if you're looking at you know, um, if you're looking at the uh, uh, the, the inversion over uh, you know July over December, but. But even then, I don't think you can cut your basis enough, and even at a two cent inversion, to to justify um, to just it's just better you're just better to take the two cent hickey on the board <clears throat> um, right now. So everything's a, a basis game, and and uh, right now, and um, 
the mills will buy it if you cut your bases enough. Okay. And I think you're at a point to where nobody wants to do that. Right. Okay. Any any other thoughts? Yeah, one one we 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 typically talk about price at this level, and OA made the statement that folks need to be kind of hedged up, but he was talking about current crop. I'm looking out here at 2019 with December at 83.50 as we speak. Um, I'm not advocating people go out there and sell their whole crop, but I think it would be prudent at 83.50 or that level to maybe put about 20% of your expected production out there just to get started because oftentimes uh, always concerned that, you know, higher prices sometimes cure themselves. We may not see 83 cents uh, this time next year if, in fact, we're in a scenario where uh, where the demand gets cut off and we switch to alternative fibers or something like that. I don't, I'm not saying go out here and load the boat, but I think that if you're planning on doing cotton in 2019, getting a small uh, amount on here would be prudent. Well, uh, Kip, I agree with you wholeheartedly, actually, in my writings. Uh, last week I suggested 10 to 20% sold on the 2019 crop and went on out and said at least 5% sold on the 2020 crop. Uh, we've had that up to 78 cents. We've had uh, uh, 2019 where I can all of a sudden go blank, but a little above 83 cents. Uh, and when we were there, I went ahead and talked about that. I mean, you get three years of prices, one the current year and the upper 5% of next year, 2019 in the upper 10%, and then you've got uh, 2020 in the upper 25%, the upper quarter of the range, uh, price range. It's, it's, uh, it's prudent. We're not used to it here in the United States, but it's prudent to, 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 to sell that much. You're sitting here at a three-year period that says, hey, these prices will pay for a picker. Uh, and uh, we know that those that seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand dollar machine takes an awful lot of cotton or an awful lot of, uh, of priciness to, uh, to to purchase that picker. But uh, this is an opportunity. This is a real opportunity. Well, thank you. We I sounds like we're writing similar things in in our correspondences, but we just hadn't mentioned that. I, I don't think on this call. And that's why I wanted no, to... No, we had No, you're, you're, you're right. We hadn't yet. Any other thoughts before we get into our price forecast? <laughs> let's just uh, in the call now. Let's just in the call now. The now price forecast. You're, you're, <laughs> Gerald, Gerald, you're up to bat. What, what, do you, what do you think? What, just how low can we go? Just how high can we go in December? The... Uh, um, well, I, I think you got three weeks here to try to figure that out because um, either West Texas is going to make a crop across the whole board or it's not. The um, um, I, I think you don't have a lot of selling pressure because I think a lot of gr growers have already sold December. Um, you know, when I sit here and I look at what guys have done in our own spot fixation call pool um i got a little it was sort of interesting comparing it to 2010 
2010, it seemed like everybody wanted to sell at 78 cents, and that, and then the market just took off like crazy. Well, lo and behold, you know, you know, the average price of our growers who are fixing prices for themselves, and they're over about 75% priced, it's 78 cents. So I don't think you've got a lot of natural selling left here from either growers or pools or, or whomever. So, I, you know, the trade's not going to push it down right now, um, I, I don't think. Um, so it comes down to the speculator, and I, I, just, I think the speculator is, is still looking at these numbers. You know, cotton is a hot commodity. China's got things going on. Um, so, you know, unless it just starts really coming, you know, great rains across West Texas, you know, those good soaking rains and good weather, and and uh, I, I can't see December going much below 87, 88 cents for the next uh, probably two or three months. Um, but uh, it, on the other hand, because of this uh, – I don't know what's going to push it higher either unless you wake up one day and, and the entire West Texas crop is wiped out by hail. Um, so I kind of think we're going to sit here and I, maybe down to $0.88 cents on the low side and $0.94, $0.95 cents on the high side, you know, probably between now and, and harvest. Um, longer term, it's, it's, it's a little harder, but uh, um, I do think, uh, <clears throat> like always said, you, you start – at these higher prices, you start uh, destroying, probably start destroying some demand. Um, and beyond, probably between now and, and harvest, I'd, I, I don't know that I'd want to venture out too much further. So 88 to, to 94 cents. Okay. Uh, Kev? Well, I, uh, it's, it's pretty difficult to argue with with. Uh with Gerald's assessment of that, I, I think that 94, I would expand that a little bit, and I, I do think, a, and the reason is only that I think the spec community has an appetite for cotton right now. I think that if we look at, uh, you, this, you guys are getting the same phone calls I am. Everybody and their uncle goes, my gosh, how did I miss the cotton market like this? You know, And, and so I think we're, we've got open interest at really high levels right now. There's no reason to think that, the specs uh, are going to lose their appetite for cotton in the short term. So I think the higher end at 94, that might be a little low. We might see a 96, 97 cents. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and forecast a dollar right now, but I certainly can't discount it either if this, because of the West Texas situation and, uh, and just if the specs get an appetite for this, they can come after it. So. I like the, right. I like the eighty eight cents on the downside, but I'd expand the uh, the upside just a little bit for the near term. Okay, OA. Well, I, it's hard to uh, follow either one of those. I I like the eighty seven eighty cent area. I know this last week I didn't put a number in it. I just said the very high eighties uh, to eighty seven cents, eighty eight cents. Uh, probably not below. Actually, probably not below eighty eight, eighty eight and a half, somewhere in there. I think is low. Uh, I, I'm uh, like like Kip and Gerald both. I'm I'm kind of maxed out about where we are now. But it's uh, that being said, where we are now, we've been and we've been above that. So uh, what whatever it may be, ninety five cents, ninety seven cents, ninety four cents. Uh, 
uh, the, 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 I, I think that's the top of it up at that level. So uh, I, that's why I think we should, should should be very prudent in doing some pricing. We'll always have another 25% or so that, uh, uh, that, that, that are left in your crop to go ahead and take the big price on. But uh, I... I I, I just uh, I, I just don't see us going to a dollar. I know that's uh, well, certainly not mythical. It's uh, it's a huge mountain to climb, uh, and I just see too much demand cut off. That being said, uh, we talked about weather. Weather is still the most important thing. Uh, absolutely no rain out in West Texas from here on out. Uh, yeah, a dollar's a bit probable should be expected. Uh, but, you know, the odds are we going to get that rain. The difficulty is going to be getting, is getting timely rain. So uh, still, I, I'm not, not, not throwing anything out of bed. I'm still bullish from that standpoint. But uh, uh, just a mid to, well, the low to mid-90s. Okay. Any other thoughts? All right. I want to let everybody know we'll have two broadcasts next month. We are going to have our annual uh, Cotton Market Roundtable from New York at the New York Stock Exchange. All our panel uh, will be together at the, at the New York Stock Exchange, joined uh, by, uh, as a, a, a guest speaker, we'll have uh, Joe Nicosia. Joe might be dialing in. We're not sure about that, but he will be joining us in. And then uh, we'll have on the 13th of uh, of July, we'll have our usual broadcast. We'll be able to discuss the acreage numbers. Uh, so, just want to let everybody know that. Make sure you put that on your calendar, and we'll be sending out notices to make everybody aware. They'll be able to see the New York meeting live streamed uh, and uh, on our site, on the New York Stock Exchange site. So you can uh, you can look for that. So we can wrap it up by uh, thanking our sponsors. Uh, our sponsor, FiberMax and Stoneville Seed. Uh, also, special thanks to OA Cleveland for joining us, well, for leading us today and, and to our cotton panel. We appreciate that. Thanks to you, the listeners, and that concludes uh, this edition of our Ag Market Network. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.